We talked about prayer and the Spirit, and we're going to continue this week. And last week, we had a look at those first two words of the phrase from Romans 8.15. We cry, as in we cry, Abba, Father. We're going to talk about the Abba, Father bit today. So a bit of revision from last week. Uh, Why is this important, this presence of the Spirit as part of our prayer life, or inspiring our prayer life, or having an influence on our prayer life? It's because the Spirit lives in us, as does the Father, as does Jesus. John 14, Jesus promises that he'll give us an advocate that will be with us forever. And in Ephesians 1, that Spirit is in us, is the guarantee of our inheritance, is the seal uh, for our our redemption. And in Ephesians 2, uh, we are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. By his Spirit, he lives in us. And this has a big impact on a lot of things in our lives, but we're focusing more on on prayer, uh, specifically. And last week we talked about we cry, as in part of prayer as an individual disciple, but also as a a community, is we cry. It's not I cry, it's we cry. And some of that's praying together, and some of that's praying for one another. In both ways it's we. I pray for people, people pray for me, and I have felt a lot of prayers personally recently. It's been great, not just for the wedding, but my mum in hospital, my mother in law in hospital, my son who's in hospital, and you know, we've all got our challenges, and, and you know, your your folks in particular at the moment, job hunting, uh, a saga with your dad, which is just challenging, sorry, um, you know, we need, we need to pray at the end here, mustn't forget to pray for, for your dad and the family, um, and we've all got Challenges with builders or I don't know, whatever, right? Um, so we cry, and that makes a huge difference to our spiritual lives. But we cry, and the cry part, just to remind us, is really about honesty. Just, okay, we got burdens, and we come to God with them. It's, so it's an authentic relationship, like we would have with someone we knew cared about us. We feel able to talk about what's deep in our hearts with those we know care about us. And so we're like that with God in our prayer life. And then this week, uh, the next two words, Abba, Father. Let's refresh our mind memories of this passage in Romans 8. Um, we've got this spirit. We've been adopted, adopted into the family. And by him, the spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit testifies with our spirit in verse 16 that we're God's children. And therefore we're heirs, co-heirs with Christ. In other words, we have the same status before God as Jesus. The same. No difference. We share in his suffering, share in his glory. Present sufferings, there will be glory. Creation's waiting in eager expectation. The creation has been frustrated, it will be liberated, brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. The whole creation has been groaning, (coughs) right up until now. Not only so, but we, who have these first fruits of the Spirit, we also groan inwardly, waiting for our adoption, redemption of our bodies, and in this hope we're saved. We hope for what we do not yet have, but we wait for it. Perhaps the more most challenging word in that section patiently. Uh, It's hard to be patient. And then in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what to pray for. Luckily though, the Spirit himself intercedes for us with these wordless cries. He he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit 
because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So that's the context of everything uh, that we're talking about here today, what we cry. Now let's talk about Abba for a moment. Abba. What comes to your mind when you hear the word Abba? <laughs> I shouldn't have asked for that. <laughs> 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 I, I shouldn't have asked that one. Yes, Stephen, is there a possibly more relevant uh, answer coming? It's very relevant, it may sound funny, but... <laughs> I don't know if it's Afrikaans or an African word, but Abba in, in Afrikaans, yeah. we, it's, it's carrying a child yeah, on your back. back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, when, like when in, in South Africa, when women, they, they carry a child and they take a cloth yeah. and they tie yeah. the ch yeah. cloth around mm -hmm. them and carry yeah. the baby on their back. Mm -hmm. And they're Abba, that's Abba in Afrikaans. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah. Well, that, that's very relevant. That's the word that makes me. Abba, I always think of that. Because you come from South Africa. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is <laughs> relevant. Yeah. yeah, good. All right, what else comes to the mind when we think about the word Abba? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's really interesting. Yeah. Good. What else? Yes. Uh, of course, I mean, to me, it's a male figure, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. There's someone powerful, but still you, you can easily approach. Powerful, but you can I approach. I mean, you, you don't feel, you know, that kind of fearful or thing. It's just you know who he is and okay, he no will fear. always give you attention. A lack of fear. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever have in your family a pet name for somebody? Yeah, that's how it feels for me. It's like very informal. Yeah. <laughs> Any of you want to share pet names? If you, if you dare. Come on. Uh, it's, it's okay if you don't want, you know. Uh, there must be a snuggleooms in here. A what? Snuggleooms. Snuggleooms. Can you share some of I'm sure there's many in here. I don't mind sharing. My, if I was to ring my dad now and put him on speakerphone, mm -hmm. he would say, Hi, Bugs, is everything all you know, mm. or, you know, you okay, you know, or whatever. Right. But he would say Bugs. Okay. Because Bugs his nickname for me was Bugs Bunny because I had quite big teeth. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's always been a very lovely way. Is that why you did the surgery? <laughs> <laughs> but literally, um, yeah, that, that has stuck with me throughout my entire life. It's always yeah. Bugsy, Bugs. And, and it's, it's an intimate thing. It's you and your Absolutely. dad. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's only I'm my dad. Sis. Yeah, you're sis. sis. You're always yeah. sis. I'm always sis in the family. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. of how Rebecca. In Gambit Security, I'm called Rupert. Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that'll be your name from now on. It's always happy. Anybody else? Smellsky. Smellsky. <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. Smelsky. 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 Uh, I must ask him one day. And another was Fumf. He, he yeah. simply called out to me, Fumf. 
<laughs> and I found out later, many, many years later, the, the Fump was a character in a radio show from the 1940s and 50s called It's That Man Again, Hitmark, which is a wartime thing, and he used to listen to it as a kid growing up, and he was a German spy, a comedy, comedy German spy in the program. So Fump, so the company Fump for some reason. Anyway, I don't know quite what that meant. Um, Penny's, Penny's grandmother, who's no longer with us, but was always Gonny. Aww. Because when Penny was very small, she couldn't say Granny, okay. so she it just she, oh, she would say Gonny, and then from that point on, she was known as Gonny by everybody in the family. It's funny. So it's like so Abba, Abba rather, is it's not a real word. It doesn't actually mean anything, really. It's more of a term of endearment, a a way of just. It's an expression, a bit like as Penny couldn't say granny, said gonny. Gonny isn't a real word. Mm -hmm. um, and Abba is a bit like that. It's like we, it's like a child, a baby, not knowing how to get the attention mm -hmm. of the father and uses a word. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the intimate word. It's the sort of word a child, one of the very first words a baby would say. Mm -hmm. So I imagine it as being like, like, if you've ever held, as, as you were holding uh, earlier, if you've ever held a really small child, perhaps even smaller, and, and, but who can't really talk, but maybe says a few sounds, and they, they want, and if it's your child, and they want to get your attention, you're talking to somebody, right? This has probably happened to you at church or something. You're, you're talking, and you're holding your young, young child, and it wants your attention, and it can't speak. And so it might gurgle some kind of way of getting attention, and if it has a free hand... What does the hand do? Right. It, it, it yeah. reaches for your face. Yeah. <laughs> so, <coughs> reach, reaches for your face and just tries to pull your face towards mm -hmm. where you're, it's look, you're looking at, mm -hmm. at the child. Oh, yeah. right? And the child wants the connection, yeah. wants to know you're connected. Mm -hmm. I like the idea of the child on the back. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, again, it, it, yeah, it's not quite the face thing, but it's, it's a strong, personal, tight connection, mm -hmm. isn't it? And... I th this is what this is expressing in some way is as I've been praying through these words in the last few weeks that what comes to my mind is is um, I need your face God I need your face father dada I need your it's dada more than even father it's dada it's I need your face in other words I need your face your presence your assurance more than I need an answer to my prayer I'm gonna I've got some requests I've got some things on my heart but I need you I'm, I seek your face, God, like some of the Psalms talk about that idea. And maybe that's one of the fundamental things for us to bear in mind, that a healthy prayer is at least in part about wanting the face of God more than the power of God or more than the wisdom of God or more than, more than stuff from God, let's put it that way. So I want to open it up for a thought about that. One is, as, we dis as we think about that idea of God as Abba or in prayer, the He's, we need him, that Abba, that seeking his face. What, is that, what does that look like? What does that mean to us in our prayer? How do we know, how do we get that? You know, when you, if you're thinking about, how, okay, how, would I, how could I effectively pray that Abba prayer? What would that be like? What would that mean? What do you, how do you see that? How do you envisage that? What might that sound like or look like to pray Abba? What would it mean?
how would it differ from other parts of I think the, th <coughs> the thoughts that come to mind for me is a submission and a vulnerability which, if I'm honest with myself, when I think about it more deeply, actually doesn't always come easy. Mm -hmm. So there's a vulnerability to, when I think about the child analogy, I think about the pulling the face mm. and wanting God's attention and that... Um, that vulnerability, that helplessness. I th the, the thoughts that conjure up in my mind are, knowing myself, are I can get myself into a state where I'm busy, 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 and life's kind of falling apart a little bit and I'm juggling everything. But I'm at this like callousness state where I've got a soft heart inside, mm. but there's a callousness around it, there's a, there's a mm. shell around Protection. it. Protection. Mm. And I almost like relying on my own strength and becoming angry with myself for not controlling things, for not mm. having everything in order, mm. not everything going well, even being stressed and not being able to cope. But I was praying this morning with Rebecca and I, sometimes, I, sometimes it takes me a pattern of life to realise this, but it's okay not to have everything under control. Mm. Mm. It's okay to be mm. like a little child and say, Abba, Father, mm. I want your attention. Mm. And that softness, what I need with God. But the life happens again. Yeah. <laughs> and something forms around that and it needs cracking again. Yeah. I can't describe it any better than that, if that makes mm. sense. And I find myself in a state where Oh, I'm not being vulnerable, I'm not being open. And I think it's, we need that constant vulnerability. I think as men, it might be difficult more for women, I'm not quite sure, but as men, we're meant to have it together, we're meant to have, a, have a control, we're meant to be the father and the protector of the family. Sometimes, actually, it's difficult to submit to God that actually, I'm not doing a great job, I need help mm. with this and that and this and this. Mm. And actually, it's, it's a pride, it's a, it's a callousness around that heart, it's not contrite. Mm. And the person I think is a great example of this in the Bible is David. Mm. He, mm. he has his bad days, sure. he always seems to have that softness of heart and that mm. dependence on God mm. when you see that closeness, mm. when he's pulling God's face to himself. Mm. I, love that. I love that image actually. Mm. And I wish I had that. But actually mm. sometimes my prayers are requests and what I need God to help me with, as opposed to a complete submission. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, the vulnerability is a challenge, isn't it? A child is very vulnerable in that yeah. situation, and that and kind of Normally that vulnerability doesn't come, it's probably because they're embarrassed, or ashamed, actually that we've tried to do things on our own again, I would not ask God to help, I haven't been chained. And then we're back where we started, and it's a pattern well, it's sometimes in my life, it is there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if it's the same for anybody else. Yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think we can all relate to that. I think so. Yeah. Any other thoughts? We'll go on and talk about father for a bit. Uh, so, so, in the context of prayer. Mm -hmm. I think it probably takes me back to the discussion we had last week, which was the difference between moaning and 
Cambodian <laughs> road, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, and for because when when I'm trying to pray, you know, the connection with God, so I actually feel like oh, I'm actually in His presence. It's more like when I groan to Him. Okay. Because uh, when when I groan, I'm not really going through my laundry list of things I want Him to do. It's more like really getting to the heart of what is really going on with me. With my laundry list, more or less, been the symptoms of my groans, and um, and when I'm able to to have that timeout where I'm able to actually reflect and have that headspace to to really think properly about why am I in this bad situation I'm in then what I'm really asking God for is, you know, just total submission. And, and my request just more or less just blew up and after thoughts. Because I feel like if he listens to my groan, to what is really hurting me, what is really hitting me very hard, to get into the point whereby I cannot do certain things that's on my laundry list. Then I feel like I'm talking to your father. Because it's it's almost like when my children when they're crying about something, <clears throat> what they're crying about is not really so much the issue. It's what has actually happened before the cry itself, yeah. That is really the main important thing. And it's by trying to understand why, if I really understand why I'm in this situation, then I can connect and grow more faithfully to go a spiritual growing. Yeah. yeah. Which the Spirit helps with. Yeah, which the Spirit can help with. Because yeah. He prays for us. Yeah. As well. Thank you. Um, somebody said this. Um, <coughs> About this passage, despite his divine status, the Spirit is presented as undertaking a service for believers. So the Spirit praying for us, right, interceding for us, when we don't know what to say, a bit like a child who can't express their needs, like a, a, to an Abba. The Spirit undertakes a service for believers, resulting in their being presented to God in a superlative fashion. They are located in the very presence of God himself. And I like that idea that what's going on with the Abba Father is we reach for him, but mm. he's holding us. Mm. I mean, we are in his presence and the spirit puts us in his mm. presence. And we are presented to him, as this writer says, in a superlative fashion. Mm. I love that phrase. Mm. And I think what that's expressing is that we're presented as not as we are in our flesh but in our superlative status in Christ, in our perfection, in his perfection, but in our perfection in that sense to him. And that's why we can have that intimacy, even though the vulnerability is a challenge to our own insecurities or pride or fears or you know, experiences of other things that have been difficult. Nonetheless, we have that right 
-hmm. And we have that, actually we have that need. We, we need that, we need his face more than we need, need anything else. Mm -hmm. And I think as, as busy people, as I think a lot of us quite self-motivated people, mm -hmm. solution-oriented people, mm -hmm. um, we like to get on and get things done, and there's nothing wrong with that at all, but there's time, there are times to sit, sit back or step back from that mm -hmm. and say, I need the face of God. Mm -hmm. And David's a good example, I think, a man after God's own heart. Uh, who seem to get that more than anybody in the old company. Mm. So, well, good. Let's let's press on and talk about Father, which is more conventional for a lot of us in terms of our thinking, I think, about prayer. Um, about Father, not about Lord. So, again, we're keeping the family more intimate terminology here. Father God. So, Father God. Okay, what does that mean? If we're talking about Father God. Jesus refers to God as Father. We have our Father in the what's called the Lord's Prayer. We have it here. So, Father God. What does that mean? He's Father. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of the um, how I viewed this before acknowledging His power. So the relationship that was created through Jesus in the first place. Yeah. The more, the more I, I was shown how to live in His presence. Say, can't forget my baptism. <laughs> uh, first of all, I was longing for that acceptance. I that was the one thing that I had to really accept, <laughs> because as a young student, and so I was just about to finish university when I was uh, invited to hear God's word. Uh, so I had experienced rejection. And I said, oh, really, finally, something happens. Ooh, I'm going to get rid of that. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet someone who is really not rejecting me so easily, you know, in spite of my failures. Because that's even family members were experts in that. <laughs> Uh, so, so putting together acceptance and power of God, that's how motivated me in my prayers. So is this a radical, unconditional acceptance? That's what Father means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's about the adoption kind of idea, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. To be honest, um, that's was something I always struggle with, to be honest. And I have a physical father, so finding that I, me personally, I wouldn't go and say it as, oh, he is my dad. No, I see God as the creator of all things, so he is the father of all beings. I'm mm -hmm. perceiving it this way, especially I was reading this week Genesis, and it was like, oh, it actually brings it always home that God creates mm -hmm. each and everything. So... He is the father of all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I, I have not an emotional connection to it. I have more scientific connection mm -hmm. to it. That's why we get actually from <laughs> 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 Yeah. It was like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's that angle as well, Dawn. Um, I, I think of the, I just found it really complex. It's such a simple, it sounds like a, such a simple word. Mm -hmm. But actually, the more I learn about it, the less I understand about it. And both from being a parent and trying to understand my relationship with God as a child and parent, 
and then all the, I want to call it baggage, but I don't mean that negatively. The baggage you carry is yourself, mm -hmm. is your own relationship with your father, and your understanding that the relationship with my dad governs how I feel about God sometimes, mm -hmm. because if we're going to use that term father, it does come with meaning that we use in a physical sense, which therefore means I transfer that meaning to the spiritual sense. Am I kept anymore with me? Yes. Um, so I, I'm picking all of that and which of that is true and which of that is not true and which of that... Because I had a great dad growing up. I didn't have a bad relationship with my dad at all. We, he's a, he's a, I had a fantastic childhood. And so then going, but then it wasn't perfect. And this is a God who's perfect. So... I'm picking all of that, just, it feels quite complex sometimes, and then other times I strip it all away and just go, it just means love. Mm. It just means the unconditional love, which I thought I understood as a single, and without kids, but I, I don't think you get, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but I don't think you really get it until you've got that unconditional love for your children. And, and, I, and I, don't, I don't mean that in any way detrimentally, but it's very, mm. very different the love you feel for a child because you still have to scold a child you still have to tell children off you still have to give them discipline and boundaries but you don't love them less mm -hmm. and and god gives us boundaries and and god gives us discipline at times and god gives us things that we need not what we want and that's very much a parental mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. and then that becomes another set of baggage you got to work. i just feel like i'm constantly learning what a great father is and then relearning what that means God isn't sometimes and what he is mm -hmm. that's how I, I think it's really complex I think it's a really simple thing that I try to strip away and make simple but actually all the emotional and history I have and what I try to do with my own children means it all gets a bit tangled sometimes yeah. <laughs> that's how it feels <laughs> and, and that's as it should be yeah. in a way because our relationship with our our uh, uh, earthly fathers changes and therefore our relationship with our, if you like our heavenly father you would expect to change, change yeah. adjust mm -hmm. as time goes by as we go through different experiences um, so it's it is simple and complex mm -hmm. in, in a way mm -hmm. yes good okay yes Lisa. Um, maybe I'm influenced by the book that I'm reading currently. It's um, Timothy Keller's Walking with God mm. Through Pain and Suffering. Mm -hmm. But he makes this, you know, the thing that God is sovereign, but he's also a suffering God. You know, there's no other God in any other religion that's got both of that. Mm. And I think that's to me, it's like, that's, that's so powerful. And that's the Father thing in him. You know, even though he has authority over our lives and control of our lives and he's a sovereign, and sometimes we go through things before we realize God is sovereign. You know, sometimes I've been in my life and you're praying, you're praying, you're so convinced something will happen. And then it doesn't happen. And then God, you know, dealing with God's sovereignty and that, you know, that he's, he is the author of our lives. And then also that realize that he's got both, he's also the stender God, you know, like he suffers. He, he allowed his son to suffer. He's a suffering God. He understands our suffering. So he understands you know, everything and all things, and that's just mind-boggling. It's like I can't get my my head around all of that, but that's to me, is, is part of who, who Father is for me. Thank you, yeah. I think, like, the term Father God, I think it's almost like the approach, he's approachable, and yet uh, the, the sovereignty and the authority that goes with that, and that's, 
it's always like you can come and speak to me but remember I'm in charge almost you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sort of like yeah. you know as we are with our children you yeah. know sometimes they'll come and talk to you about things and you have to give them the sort of that level of answer that will be right for them mm -hmm. and and I think God does that with us mm -hmm. really. yeah. and and so you know there's a great deal of suffering in this world and in fact you know it talks about this in the passage that we suffer the creation suffers and part of what but yet there's hope it talks about this passage about hope and it's it's not a our hope is not an airy fairy hope it's it's not a you know we're, we're, someday it's also going to be like some fairy story we know the world we live in is tough but we have a hope because we trust that in all of this god has good purposes in mind for us. Mm -hmm. That it's for our benefit that the things that happen to us in some way or other. And if we're the only way that works for us is if we're holding on to, to God in an intimate way. That we value that intimacy that he gives us. If it's not there, then we, we end up being kind of religious, like saying, Oh God is good, but it doesn't mean anything. It's it's only with that intimacy that that's a that becomes something meaningful and real. Because he's our Abba, because he's our Father, then we know we can trust him because it's real to us. You can't really trust someone like that on that level unless it's unless it's a real relationship. Mm -hmm. But God offers that, which I think is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to encourage us just to think about these four simple words: it, it, how this might affect the way that we pray. Mm -hmm. We cry, Abba, Father. This could deepen us a lot, personally and as a church. So I'd like to finish with a prayer.